All right, here we go. Episode <laughs> one. Is this really happening? Yeah, I know. Is this thing on? <laughs> Three, two, one. Yeah, yes, it is happening. It's episode one of the Aji's podcast. There's Harry Mays with a cocktail under him. Yeah, under me. I don't have one in me yet. Yes, yeah, too early in the day. Is it? Yes, it is. Uh, and uh, Jason Vertides, episode one of the Aji's podcast. No program directors. Nope. No script. None of that bullshit. <laughs> oh, we can curse on this thing? I just did. Yeah, I know. But I, I'm just saying, I do a lot of things that aren't necessarily allowed. Yeah. And I get slapped on the wrist afterwards. Uh, well, there's no slapping on the wrist here because uh, we have no bosses. Okay. Well, You're I like the boss. Yes. <laughs> We've been our own boss now for a couple of years. It's liberating as hell, isn't it? <laughs> it is to a degree. Yes. I love it. Um, real quick. <laughs> Um, our guest on our first episode is a guy that you and I have uh, tremendous reverence for. Oh, yeah. Because he's, he's a broadcast and radio legend in Philadelphia. And when when you broke your ankle on the acorns, <laughs> and I had to pick you up, and you had this, the knee scooter, and I had to grab the big. Yeah, the big, yeah. <laughs> when we would drive in, our our drive would correspond with the end of his show. Right. Which was to listen to... Always look on the bright side of life and the John DeBella show. Correct. <laughs> and we loved it. Well, no, we didn't love it because it was over. It's just, no. like, you know, it was like, I, I almost wish that I could have reset the, the show, like start it with always look on the bright side of life and then play the first hour over again. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> you know I mean? right. So we had some, you know, good quality entertainment for our, for our journey into the station. Absolutely. So John DeBell is going to join us in a couple of minutes. So we can't wait to talk to him. He's got the greatest stories ever. He's lived like he's a rock and roll legend that wasn't a musician. Right, right. So he's got all the connections with all these classic rock stars. That's why we played the Who right out of the hop. (laughs) Because it's one of his favorites. Peter Gabriel's his favorite. Yeah, that's his favorite. Yeah. Yeah. The patron saint. He's the patron saint (laughs) of the John DeBell show. That's exactly right. And it's it's crazy, too, because this is a big day for DeBella. Because when I worked with John at uh, WISP, and he did the DeBella the ball every year on December 7th, a date which will live in infamy. <laughs> Have you ever been to the DeBella the ball hack? I never had the pleasure of going because I was, <sighs> you know, I wasn't in radio uh, as early as you were. And, uh, you know, I kind of missed uh, some of that window, but it sounds like it was a hell of a bash every year. Dude, I will tell you this. The one year we had, I think it was the last year that I w- was out at DeBella DeBall. And all, all of us at YSP, we all had tuxes. We wore tuxes mm-hmm. to it. And Joan Jett was there. And oh, yeah. John's, he known Joan They're Jett. very good friends. Yes. yes she yes, was yes. the feature performer. And also, our band, we had a band, a radio station band called the Nonstop Rockers. Okay. <laughs> With yours truly on guitar, Gil Edwards on guitar as well, and Cousin Ed on vocals. Of course. And our old uh, promotions director, like the nine-foot-tall Greg Jake House on drums. Merrill Reese came up and played drums with us one year at a Christmas party. Is that right? Yeah. He looked like Gonzo from the Muppets. Like, <laughs> But, I mean, was he, is he a, a trained skinsman? He's a drummer? Well, he, he was like a jazz one. Like he oh, okay. sticks in that weird way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Charlie Watts, yes, since departed. Yes, yeah. exa- that's exactly right. So, uh, yeah, so we can't wait to talk to John, but we got to talk about our sponsor real quick because Absolutely. none of this is possible without the people at Parks and Park Sportsbook and the awesome Parks Sportsbook app. You and I have been known to put a few shekels down on the game, right? Yes, sir. When's the last time you bet just like a spread or a parlay? Uh, this past weekend. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You I still got go park, old school? I got the Park Sportsbook app right here. Are you yes. kidding me? Yeah. But, but, but you do the in-game betting too, right? Well, I do I do in-game, yeah. And uh, sometimes it's, you know, that's the way you get a, a vibe for who's going to show up or not. Sometimes you're looking at these numbers, especially in the NFL. They're very sharp numbers. So, you know, if I'm like, you know, I want to have action, but I don't know, you know, is this team going to really come to play tonight? We well, can get a, a handle on that a little bit by yeah. watching the start of the game. And then you just dive right in with the end game. Yeah, you get a little like institutional knowledge. Correct. And it, and if your spread or your regular bets going south, you have a way to kind of salvage it. Absolutely. 
So <laughs> you got to download the Park Sportsbook app. It's so easy to use. If, if Harry and I can use it from a technolo- technological standpoint, yeah. anybody can use it. Right. So and I've really been known to put in bets while doing radio shows or podcasts. So it is that easy. Oh, wow. So okay. you can multitask. I can multitask. That That is like yeah. an idiot-proof app for betting, <laughs> which is awesome. And if you sign up right now, uh, go on. You can get a $500 risk-free bet. Uh, just download the app in the App Store or go to parkscasino.com slash PA. It's all there for you. And also, you know, since we're doing the show, we're live streaming it right now. We're going to have a lot of the Odd G's content on different uh, platforms as well. Some of the show will be on YouTube. A lot of it won't be on YouTube because we're going to play music and they seem right. to frown upon that. They copyright. frown upon that. Yeah, which is kind of bullshit. But yeah. um, you can follow at Park Sportsbook on Twitter. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram. We'll have clips on there as well. Facebook, YouTube, all the Parks Sportsbook, different uh, twi- you know, social media sites and, and content delivery. So we're thrilled to be working with Parks. And thanks to, to Matt Alba and Everybody over there and Gil and Mike Baldini, everybody uh, for putting this faith in us. We're so we're pumped up to do this. It's been a long time coming and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk a little bit about sports. Sure. But we're going to talk a lot of bit about music, comedy. When I talked to Jim over at Wildfire, who uh, handles our uh, Wildfire podcasting and Wildfire Radio handles all of our you know podcast platforms like iTunes. Mm-hmm. And this will be available there and all those platforms. I asked him, I go, what did you categorize it as? Yeah, right. (laughs) So his answer uh, I thought was pretty interesting. Here's what he said they categorized it as. Because I was like, do we categorize it as sports? Or So he put it in as comedy and sports and also put it in the society and culture category. Wow. That's the first time that my name has ever been associated (laughs) with the word culture. Yes. Unless it was like... You know, bad culture. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You you can't hang out with that Harry Mays like when you were a kid. Right. He's got bad culture. (laughs) Or or like back in the day, they used to say, he's a bad seed. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, the seed is fully bloomed now. Correct. Nick Sirianni's metaphor. You've watered that seed. Right. It's been fertilized many, many times. Oh, it's great. Um, We'll have a chance to, to, to interact with people, you know, through the comments uh, that they can post on some of the different sites. Since we're not on YouTube, I don't know how prevalent that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we know we're doing a segment that's not going to violate the copyright, we'll just click it and put that part on YouTube as we do it live as okay. well. Yeah. But we had some who right out of the gate. So we, you know, we couldn't just, you know, all of a sudden uh, start it and then stop it. And we're going to talk to JDB about a little bit of that as well. So we're waiting for him to join us. Yeah. Um, real quick, before John DeBella is our first guest, what did you think of Gardner Minshew? Well, I mean, you know, I thought he played well. He played against uh, one of the worst defenses you're ever going to see in the NFL. Uh, but he did what he came in to do, and that's, uh, you know, get a win as a backup quarterback. I don't think he did anything to dazzle you know, to say he's going to take uh, Jalen Hurts' job away over these next four, four or five weeks. But he did what he was, uh, you know, paid and coached to do. And I thought he did a really nice job. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, and I love the celebration with his dad after. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, yeah was very cool. cool. How about uh, the I, Top Gun motif? Oh, it's just awesome. He looks like <laughs> Maverick. <laughs> Jesus. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. So. I hope everybody did as well. But l- let's bring on our guest right now, and we're going to share a little screen here, real quick, because he deserves an intro. Yes, he. Does. Oh, I don't know if it's is it going through there. I don't know. It, I don't know if it's going through. I don't know. You're you're the technical whiz out of this. Yeah, duo. apparently not that technical. So <laughs> I'll take that out. We'll, I'll get that ready for the end of it. But let's. Right. Uh, we got to drop our our overlay, and let's bring him in right now. He is a legend in the broadcast industry he has mm-hmm. been at it a long time and he said to take it easy on him here today but i'm not going to <laughs> there he is mustache it all oh. it is jdb john debella how are you i am well how are you <laughs> great my, is my audio okay oh it sounds great all right look at that wall behind him there jay yeah what's well, going you know, on yeah, yeah yeah you've got a jay, jay's got a jason's got a you know wall uh, are those real guitars or are those just like tiny guitars no they're not prop guitars they're blowing no, they, they look like you know from the distance it looks like they could be like little models yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, obviously that, that's, that's way off in the distance right <laughs> the, the, the little helmets are like one third size 
but the guitars are legit. Like that's a Les Paul. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And and Harry has a, a bullshit background. Yeah, just a bullshit green screen, John. I mean, <laughs> like he lives. Like I know right. where you live, Harry, and right. that is not your view. No, <laughs> your and view is the Schuylkill. That's exactly right. And maybe David was sick in his balcony. Yeah. That's about right, it. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah. And a lot of construction. Right. Right. You got that. Always. Right. Uh, <laughs> John, by the way, you are the first guest on this podcast venture. This may be the last episode, but you're the first guest. You got to feel honored about that, I would assume. Oh, oh, oh I am. I, you know, of all the things I could have done this afternoon. Right. <laughs> like, you know, nap. <laughs> so, are you still go back, in my, go back in my wood shop and finish the project I'm in the middle of, you know, so. Is that is that one of your things now? Are you doing like wood projects in the garage? Oh, yeah, 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 big time. Big time. Go to uh, John DeBella Woodworking on uh, Instagram. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I got yeah. it. I got it. And, uh, Wait, you're not right, right now. No, I'm not. And, and wow. what do you make? Like, like uh, uh, right, right now, cars? right now, right now, wine racks, cutting boards, charcuterie boards, those things, you know. Okay. Uh, all right. And then, uh, and I'm working my way toward furniture. I've got wow. a bookcase I've designed that I, I want to. I'm, I'm going to build over the winter, and not that I need a bookcase, but it came, the, the design came to me and said, "Okay, I could try this." Wow. Right, but we'll just we send you down to Lancaster, and you can hang out with the Amish. They're great at building furniture. Yeah, but it all looks the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't like working in pine. Yeah. Oh, you're anti-pine yeah he can make a charcuterie board but can he raise a barn in 24 hours <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> i'm on there right now i'm gonna follow you uh well thanks yeah well, john asking, for a follow. He's asking for a purchase yeah well I'm, you know that's i gotta check out the work <laughs> gonna find something Dude, this like. is awesome wow i i never knew when did you get into one woodworking john it, it's uh, my wife Lisa is an artist, and she turned to me one day, and I've always done woodworking. I, I actually have in my shop, I have a T square that I made in junior high school, mm -hmm. and it's still true, right? So it's still <laughs> a perfect right angle, right? Uh, and uh, but I've always done like you know, especially woodworking, carpentry, uh, just you know, what do you need? I'll build it, uh, but never, but everything was simple. You know, right. you know, you know, a piece of wood on top of four pieces of wood. Oh, look, it's a table. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Right. But uh, Lisa's an artist. And one day she said, hey, could you build me a floating frame for this painting? And I said, what the hell is a floating frame? And she sent me a link to some carpenter on YouTube. And uh, and, and I, I watch it. And as I'm watching it, I'm noticing all these other woodworking videos. And I start looking at them and I'm like, I could do that. Right, I've got the tools for that, and one thing led to another, and then I started learning about Live Edge and how popular that is. So, uh, so that's um, you know how it all started. I've been I've been at it for about uh, six months now. So what that's you're awesome. looking at is what you're looking at is is like you know that's my novice stuff. Wow! Back in my high school, John, I quickly found out that you could avoid classes like chemistry and physics if you took wood shop. So I took wood shop and I ended up in what they called the F wing of our high school and uh -huh. shortly found out that that's where all the stoners hung out, man. Oh, okay. They all took the same classes. Mechanical drawing. FFA, the future farmers of America. You know, that's where I grew up, man. Yeah. I, I was in which I took metal shop too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, too. I took metal shop. Yeah, sure. yeah. I really like. I, I was really good at wood shop and at print shop. Mm. Those are the two things I was really good at. And yeah, so, I did a lot of screen printing too. Like I'd take like I do the Roger Dean Yes logos and stuff uh -huh. like that. And you know, I, I love that 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 stuff. I remember I had a neighbor growing up, and and he had like you know remember the old like vinyl pull down shades that you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he had like logos all over it. Like the Yes logo was on there, the Who logo, the Zeppelin 4 logo. Right. Like the, the logo for the rock band is gone. Yeah. Isn't uh, it? To some extent? I don't know. Well, well, the Foo Fighters have a font. 
Mm. Yeah. Right. That, that's what bands tend to have now. They have a font more than you go from the logo. logo to a font. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, they have a font. I'm trying to think of anybody else. You know, so like Metallica's is still obviously iconic. Yeah. They've been around since the 80s. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah, it just so. says Metallica. <laughs> right. Yeah. Genesis has a font too, because I just saw they played Madison yeah. Square Garden last night and they had the, you know, up on the build the arena. Did yeah, you guys sign. see that show? Did either of you go to that show? I did not go to it, no. You missed one of the greatest concerts of the millennium. Is that right? <laughs> and my God, it was incredible. I'm still high off of seeing that show. Right. And Phil Collins. And I really liked it, it, too. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it so good, John? Uh, combination of, first off, the production. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody, a lot of people don't know this about Genesis, but uh, you, you know, the very lights that you see at concerts, the ones that can swing around mm -hmm. and then change colors, all that stuff. Genesis owns the patent on those. Oh, wow. Right. They own the patent on so much stage stuff uh, because of the years of doing all of their big shows. You know, they had all these big arty shows. So uh, they, they, they started investing in companies that could develop these things, and they held all of the patents to the point that they used to just, when they weren't on the road, they rented their stuff out to other bands and mm. then started buying more stuff and had a side company that was just production. Hmm. Right, you know, and then a few years ago, I think they sold everything off. I don't know if they sold off the patents or or, or not, right? But uh, and it's possible that the patents what patents last twenty five years, something like that, right? You know, so uh, so it's possible that they lost the patents and uh, you know they they just you know sold everything off. But their their set it was this it was a massive screen with two side screens. Right, and the entire lighting truss, right, could come all the way down to almost like six feet above them. They would tilt it, and it had like it had to have easily forty or fifty very lights in it, and they could just move them around. It was amazing, and and and, and you know when you first see Phil comes come out, and you know, at first it's like a, it's a little sad, yeah, because because he's got these back problems. He is in so much pain. And he's the first one who comes up the stairs and there's a guy behind him making sure he doesn't fall backwards. Right. right? <laughs> you know, and then he walks out gingerly out to the stage with a cane and he sits in this chair. Right. And and he actually slouches like this because that way he's not putting all the pressure on on, on his lower back, his spine. Yeah. You know, so but he sings like, it, you know, he mm. sings like he always did. He's just so good. I mean, as musicians get older, you know, the, the, they drop they drop the key of the song, uh, you know, a key or two, right? Yeah. You know, they did that with this. And uh, there's a lot of echo, but it was, oh, my God, it was so good. Wow. And speaking of guitars, all right, uh, Jason, uh, right. I never saw this guitar before, and I saw it that night. Uh, Daryl Sturmer, who is, you know, Mike Rutherford is the guitarist and sometimes bass player. Yeah. And Daryl Sturmer is the bass player when Mike's playing guitar and is the guitar player when Mike's playing, you know, bass. And he's been with the band for 42 years, but he's only a, you know, he's a road musician. He's mm -hmm. he's not a yeah. recording Hired musician. Hired hand. Then. It's like what the right? Stones you know? use, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right, right, you know, so he, uh, uh, he comes out and he's got this guitar that I've never seen before. And it was gorgeous. And then, and the next song they do, all right, Mike Rutherford has one. That the one that Daryl had was was red on on blonde wood. So you know the blonde wood that a uh, that a Telecaster comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, like Bruce's Bruce's yep. guitar yep. says that always oh, that blonde wood. Iconic. Right? Yeah. So it's it's that it's that color wood, but on uh, but the on the face of it, for the majority of the face, with the exception of like one little lip of it, is all the red red you know red I guess paint. All right, uh, but it's a hollow body. Uh, acoustic electric Telecaster. Wow! Right, and and it and as soon as I saw it, I, I turned to Sean from the station. And I go, "We gotta get this guitar. We gotta get this guitar <laughs> and get somebody to sign it." And that's when we find out it was two thousand uh -huh. dollars. Right, uh, but but that's if you go for a rosewood fret board. Yeah. Right. If you go for mahogany, it's eleven hundred. Mm -hmm. So mahogany it is. 
Right, mahogany it mahogany is. Right, it exactly. is. Exactly. To Bella's personal collection, rosewood. Right, right. Nation <laughs> budget, mahogany. <laughs> Maybe even a pine. Right. <laughs> uh, you see, John, you've been in the industry so long, and it, I mean, your favorite musician is is Peter Gabriel. That the only thing that would have made that concert better if, if he's on that stage. But you uh, see, you know what? He wouldn't have worked. He, it wouldn't have worked. No, it wouldn't have worked. No, it wouldn't have worked at all because the band has go, gone so beyond what Peter was in that band. Yeah. That 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 him being a part of that 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 marriage will never come back together. Hmm. Yeah. It just won't happen. Can't always you know, go so. home. Yeah. So Wait, let me ask you because you've seen so many shows. I mean, I did rock radio for a while, not as long as you, obviously, and I saw a ton of shows. And you've seen so many bands over so many years. What's the show that just absolutely nothing can hold a candle till to, to this day? As good as that Genesis show was the other night, right? This is the one that you like. This is the the, the creme de la creme of live experience. It, wow, th- I mean that's very difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I mean, let me give you some history, and it always ticks uh, Dave and Steve off when I say things like this. Like I saw Led Zeppelin in a bar, so, you know, so. I did. They were on it the was, TV, though. <laughs> it was it was it was bigger than the bar. It was more along the lines of uh, what the Electric Factory was. Okay. It was like a big Quonset hut, and had bars, you know, on the left side, on the right side, a stage on the far end, and doors on the other side. That was it. If wow. there was a fire, you were dead, right? You know. But, <laughs> Kwanzaa, saw, great, great acoustics in a Kwanzaa. Oh, yeah, we had terrific acoustics. <laughs> right? You know, it's basically an airplane hang. Right, you know? right, so, right. You know, so, uh, you know, and the night I saw him was like, it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. There was a no-name band, Led Zeppelin, whoever heard of these guys, right? And, um, and there might have been 150, 120, 150 people at the show because, like, who goes to a show on Tuesday night? Yeah. You know, so... Uh, uh, you know, and, and I don't even the, the first album wasn't even out yet, right? Wow. You know, so, uh, um, so yep, yeah, so uh, but it's really difficult, you know. The first concert I went to was at the Village Theater, uh, which became the Fillmore East prior to mm-hmm. it being the Fillmore, it was a place called the Village Theater. And it was, and it was, and 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 Bill Graham was doing the shows, but he d- just hadn't changed the name yet. And it was Richie Havens, the Blues Project, mm-hmm. the Yardbirds, and the Who. Oh. Right? And then in between Richie Havens and the Blues Project, and the Blues Project, and the Yardbirds, and the Yardbirds, and the Who, what they used to do is they used to close the, the, the curtain so they could change the, the, the setup. And then it would put like a little three or four piece band out there that was like a baby band. And so the music never stopped. Right, you know, they would like bring this band out there. It might be you know two guys in acoustic guitar and some woman singing, or it could be like a four-piece band. So it was always so. So for and and I'm in the fifteenth row. My tickets are five fifty. Wow. <laughs> okay, wow. right? and basically you're seeing eight bands or seven bands, right, for five dollars and fifty cents. And that was when that was when the Who's equipment would start to smoke, and Pete would bust guitars, and you know Keith would kick his drums all over the place. So that that as my first concert, that holds a special place, right? But people ask me all the time what my, like my favorite concert ever is, and it's probably Talking Heads at the Man Music Center, wow. the uh, the Stop Making Sense tour. I think that's what the tour was. And uh, that's when uh, David Byrne had that big suit. Remember that right. big yeah. suit from, from the from the video? And he came out on stage in that suit and did Psycho Killer alone with a with a beatbox, wow. with a boombox, rather. And, and the boombox just had, like, the bass line and, and, and some drums. That was it. And he sang solo on the stage. And then one by one, different members of the band joined him. And right, you know, you know, you know, Tina would come out, and you know, and, and you know, and then you know, the, and then backup singers, and then you know, horns, and every time they they would go like two or three songs, and then more people would come on the stage, and more, and it was like a summer night where the weather was absolutely perfect, the moon was full, nobody was an asshole, right? it right, was yeah. just an out and out great concert, you know, uh, and and it may have been my birthday. So it was like, wow, it was like, as wow. good as it could possibly be. It was Nobody... July in the summer. 
Nobody holding up phones in everybody's view. No, you know, no, 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 no. We're still, we were still, still lighters, still lighters. Right, at that right. Time. <laughs> now, was it moments like that Who show uh, that made you want to get into radio, or were you all, you know, when did you realize, hey, this is what I want to do? I, I had absolutely no plan of doing this. Uh, my, uh, what the hell did you just put up? Uh, he just went off camera, so now he's got oh. a picture of a goaltender up there. In fact, that might be him. That's actually yeah, him. That yeah, is me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know what he did, but uh, he put in he put in some skull. I think is what happened. Copenhagen, Harry. No, Copenhagen. Sorry. Okay. Well, well, trying to get them as a sponsor. You don't. You don't. You don't chaw on camera. Well, or not was at that least just, putting it in. Or was that your spit take? No, no, no. I'm gonna need to do that. So, um, but you had no plan. I, 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 I had. Oh God. Um. I I got to take you to going to college and how this all progressed, right? Uh, I, uh, I I went to a specialized high school in New York, which was kind of – I was accepted to the uh, high school of performing arts, but I got mm-hmm. there and everybody was an asshole and I didn't want to go to that school. So I went to what was an experimental high school in Queens. And uh, I decided that because of some friends, I had no mentors. I had no direction. I had nothing at all, right? Uh, I didn't graduate in June. I had to go to summer school in order to graduate. And uh, so by the time the school year started, I wasn't ready for to, to get into Hofstra. Right? And at that time, and I wish I could remember the name of this magazine, but there was some teen magazine. It was a broadsheet kind of magazine too, like Life Magazine size. right? And uh, there was an article in it, and the article was How to Bullshit Your Way into College. Right, because because I had the worst, I had the worst grades. Right, I was mm-hmm. terrible. Right, and I I, I went to Hofstra and I, I'm I'm at an admissions uh, admissions office uh, officer's office, and and he's telling me he said, look, you don't have the grades to make it into the school. I said, you know what? I, here's the, something you have to take into consideration. <coughs> Pardon me. I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be someone to the point that. When after I graduate, you're going to chase me for money to donate to this school. I said, I'm getting somewhere and I could get somewhere and people can find out that I went to Hofstra or I can get somewhere and they find out I went to somewhere else. And the guy looks at me, and goes, you have balls. son." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't. But I read this article and it just stayed true to it. Right. Right. You know? So he says, tell you what. He says, I want you to take he says, uh, take two courses for in the spring semester. Uh, we got to bring up your reading scores, right? Because you're a slow reader. I still am, right? If I'm if I'm not on vacation, I can't read a book. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I either. get three pages in and <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, I'm out cold, right? So uh, so I took a couple of courses, and uh, initially I was going to be a music major, uh, but I was also heavily involved in theater in high school, and I decided to become a theater major. But I didn't want to be an actor because I was pretty sure I could do that if I needed to. Hmm. Right. So I uh, my major was scenic lighting and costume design. I can sew, gentlemen. Wow. (laughs) Sewing and woodworking. Sewing and woodworking. I'm good with my hands. Yes. (laughs) Of all the shit that's been written about you, that's never been written, has it? (laughs) Well, I'm good with my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Know that you can sew. (laughs) Uh, I might have popped up here or there. Uh, You know, so, but, and and while I was at the school, uh, I I got involved with the uh, college radio station. Right. And at the time, I mean, I I spoke to an old friend of mine over the weekend up in New York, and um, my brother is, my brother is a, a real New York accent, New Yorker. This, that, these, those, them, right? That comes out in me when I'm angry, mm-hmm. right? But I was talking to my friend Phil, and I'm saying I hadn't spoken to him in years, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe how thick his New York accent is, yeah. and that's one of the things that one of the courses they had me take, not to get the New York out of me, but they had me take a speech course and that got the New York out of me. Hmm. And that got me, you know, I ran into some guys who worked at the radio station and, you know, I decided to start working there. And to make a long story short, uh, me and a group of guys started doing this radio comedy show called Fulton's Folly. And uh, it was a one hour original comedy show that we put on, you know, every week. 
And other schools are in the area, like CW Post and Nassau County Community College and radio stations, they would hear it because we had, you know, we had a real FM signal, but not all that much of one. Most most stations only had carrier current. So we, we came up with a syndication deal. And the syndication deal is if you send us a reel of tape, we will make you a copy of the show and send it back to you. That was mm. the deal. Right. Wow. Uh, it ends up that some guy, there used to be a guy who was the the guy at the National Lampoon named Maddie Simmons. And his kid went to Post or one of the schools that got it. And he turned to his father and said, you know, you should hear these guys. These guys are really funny. So he listens to the thing. We get a call from Maddie Simmons. He asks us to come into the city. And again, to make a long story short, at uh, I guess we were 19, 20 years old. And uh, me and the, the four guys who did Fulton's Folly were working on a National Lampoon radio hour. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, so with Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and all of those people. Oh. Uh, and, um, and we did that for a while until uh, I had a fight with Michael O'Donoghue. Michael O'Donoghue was the, everybody thought Michael O'Donoghue was like this incredible, incredible talent. He's, he's dead now. And, and I feel sorry for the devil. Right, uh, because <laughs> there's just no way Michael O'Donoghue was going to have him. Right? Uh, uh, but but he's the guy who, when he joined Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live went down the tubes. When he joined the National Lampoon Radio Hour, National Lampoon Radio Hour went down the tubes. I had written a bit for at that time there were all these uh, uh, commercials on um, uh, on the radio and on TV for my land places. It was like by land in Florida, by land in Arizona. Beau Rivage was one of these places. And it was always uh, Red Buttons. I don't know if, if you guys yeah. know the actor Red Buttons. Yeah. Right? He would come on. He would do his, his ha, 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 ho, ho, ho bit. What this was all about was beyond me. right? But And he would sell Beau Rivage. So come buy this land. right? So we did a, we did a parody commercial, which was by land in Brooklyn. Right, come visit our mountains of garbage because Brooklyn had a huge garbage garbage dump. Come visit our polluted rivers. Right, come visit our tree. That was the, our know, tree. The, our tree. <laughs> one right? tree. Yeah, one tree. Well, a tree grows in Brooklyn. Right, you know. So uh, O'Donoghue comes up to me. He says, "Hey, he says uh, we heard that bit. Uh, that isn't funny." I said, "What do you mean it's not funny?" He says, "Come visit our tree. Isn't funny." I said, "Of course it's funny." It's based on the damn, the only thing that most of America knows about Brooklyn is that there was a book called A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Right? And he said there was a movie called A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Everybody knows this. That's the punchline because it's not funny. I said, you know what, Donna, you, you wouldn't know funny if it walked up and kicked you in the balls. Right? He goes, I don't have to take crap like this from a kid like you. I said, you know what? I don't have to take crap like this from an asshole like you. I'm out. I'm leaving. And me and all our friends, you know, here we are, 19, 20 years old, all principals, right? We leave. Right? <laughs> well, literally, after we left, within two weeks of us leaving, we were the only ones who really had radio experience. Mm -hmm. uh, after two weeks of us leaving, the National Lampoon Radio Hour became the National Lampoon Radio Half Hour. Because they didn't understand how much time goes into producing an hour of original comedy radio with sound effects. And, you know, oh, he blew that line. Take it again. Da, 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 da. You know, basically, it's kind of like, you know, 60 minutes for every one minute of, uh, of production time. Mm -hmm. You know, and so after we left, you know, they were like, no, we got to cut this down. There's no way we can. We're spending too much time on this. So and all those guys had, you know, Saturday Night Live was coming on and, you know, they had lemmings going and had so many other things. They couldn't just sit with that. So hmm. did I answer your question? <laughs> I don't know what the question was. Okay, what okay, question? <laughs> it, all, all these years later, John, like you, you've been doing radio for so long. You, you've been at the, the pinnacle, the top and. <laughs> what's that 40 40 years 40 actually years. Actually, actually 47 hmm. right okay. it'll be 40 years in uh november of 22 40 years uh in 40 years in philadelphia in november of 42 uh 42 wow. in november of 22 wow. and uh 47 years in total on the air i mean you've got you've had such an incredible career from you know, the way you started, you just the story you just told doing National Lampoon and, and everything else and the MMR days in the morning zoo and then I, YSP. And I worked with you there, the whole Howard Stern debacle and everything that went with that. MGK, you're back into a mornings and you're killing it again. 
The ratings are always good. I mean, how do you still find a way to get up as early as you do every day and, and keep cranking? Cause you're cranking out good material and you're still getting good ratings. The standard answer is, well, every two weeks they give me a piece of paper, <laughs> which enables me to go to the bank where they give me more paper. <laughs> but that really has nothing to do with it. It's I just because you got a lot of paper yeah. from over the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you're like a, I've lost you're like a lot hammer of mill company. You lost a lot too. Yeah, <laughs> I've lost a lot of paper. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I am not the savvy investor right that's <laughs> mm-hmm. the, that, that's why when i when, when i come home uh, you know back in the day when you had a check and my my wife will, will hate me for using this this analogy because it was used uh, about her from a previous marriage but right, when i come home uh, you know the che- it was like the academy war awards can i have the envelope please yeah. because if you left it in my hands you know it's like hey look there's a sale on gum i'm going to buy a truckload yeah. <laughs> Frivolous spending. That's it. The worst. The absolute worst. So, um, but uh, it it really is. It's just a love of the medium, and and although people can be assholes, I love my audience. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I I love the idea of being able to um, make change in a city that I love living in. You know, uh, you know, like, you know, we did the turkey drop and raised uh, raised more money this year than we ever did before. You know, if the price of turkeys wasn't as high as it was, we probably would have done about 15,000 turkeys. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we ended up doing just uh, just over 9000. Right. Um, you know, there's the veterans. There's, you know, there's the dog stuff. There's, it's just, you know, if, if basically it comes down to uh, a a writer for I think it was the city paper right Uh, did an interview with me once and uh, basically said because I was nervous when I was coming back in mornings I was really scared right because I hadn't done it in a real long time and it had been like six or seven years since I was out in the morning you know are people going to accept me are they expecting me to do the morning zoo which was the furthest thing from what I wanted to do yeah. Right. And um, uh, and he just turned to me and said, use your powers for good. Right. And mm-hmm. I went, OK, I could I could deal with that. You know, yeah. so it's it, it, it's fun being able to. And even during the zoo days, it's fun being able to affect the people around you and hopefully make their day a little better. I mean, look, getting up in the morning sucks. Nobody likes it. Everybody would like to just like slowly, oh, just, you know, mosey around, stuff like that. But no, you got to get up. You got to get to your job. You got to, you know, my job is to keep that 10% of your brain that might be functioning <laughs> entertained. <right>? So, <laughs> that, so that, that's it. I mean, I just, I just love it. Well, not only uh, are you iconic in the medium, but so is your mustache. And I want to know, <laughs> you know, like not when you first started growing one, but how did it, when did it develop into what it is now? Like, when did that start? Like, when did you like, I, I, I didn't know it was there. Okay. okay. <laughs> how could you not? <laughs> no, well, I'll explain. I'll explain. Uh, in, I, I started growing the mustache in 1967, right? So I was still in high school. And, okay. and it was coming in and I went through all of the variations. I had the, I had the, the, the Fu Manchu, I had the, you know, this one, I had, uh, I, I had one that came from my sideburns up into here. I remember these were hippie days. So right, you know, right. freaky facial hair. Any handlebar thing. mustache with right. the wax and stuff. Yeah. Well, okay, well now I'll do that with this one. Yeah. I'll yeah. Do that with this one. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then I grew a beard. And I had the beard for a real long time, but I never realized when I had the beard that because the mustache was there first, it was growing basically on top of the beard. All right. So when I went one day, I decided I'm sick of the beard. I'm getting rid of this. And, you know, and I do what what everybody does when you shave off a beard. Hey, look, uh, I'm Abe Lincoln. Hey, look, I'm an Amish guy. There are stages of shaving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And as I'm taking it off, I realized that all of the stuff that was over here that I thought was part of the beard wasn't. It was the mustache. <laughs> so, so when I took it off, this was there. And uh, that was 1980. 
And it's been like this ever since. I remember asking you about it when we worked at YSP. I said, when's the last time you shaved? You say, I'm going to shave it when I retire. So nobody knows who the hell I am. Hell I am. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all I have to do is shave and shut up. Right. Yeah, and they'll, and they'll yes. never find me again. Right? Yeah, they'll go, I don't know who that is. Who, what are you talking about? <laughs> if he talks or you got the mustache, it's like but, instant But billboard. the wild thing is, is I am in shock over the amount of people who know I am me without speaking when I'm wearing a mask. Hmm. I mean, is this bald head and these cow eyes that recognizable? Wow. <laughs> That's in <impressive>. radio? <laughs> right, yeah, and people all the time. And that, oh, my son, it used to drive my son crazy. I was like, why do people know you? You're on the radio. Right, said, right. Oh, you know, Don't you think the internet billboards all over the city, and I've been on TV a lot. <laughs> so, do you think the internet's kind of ruined that part of it for radio people, that people know what everybody on the radio looks like now? Um. I, I liked it when they didn't know what I looked like because I look I sound bigger. Right, right, right. <laughs> they all go, I thought you'd be bigger. Right. <laughs> well, do you know what? You know what? Uh, uh, the the uh, what I got for the longest time was, oh my God, you're much bigger than I expected you to be. When I see you on TV, I thought you were much shorter. And at the time, nobody had, you know, 56 inch televisions. If, if you had a, you know, if you had a 24 or a 27, like, oh, that was a big TV. Yeah. Right. And I used to explain to him, I said, well, you know what? Your TV is only like this big, you know, so I can only be so tall. <laughs> so, but uh, this is me. I'm 6'1". Uh, or at least I was 6'1". I'm, I'm at the shrinking stage in life. <laughs> I recently found out I'm only six foot. <laughs> I remember when we worked at YSP together, this is like at, at the signal of the end of actually your time at YSP. It's one of the greatest stories. The weekend, that weekend, I actually saw Robert Plant at the Electric Factory. I worked that show. I was, I was at that show. Yeah. He, yeah. he had members of The Cure in his band. Mm -hmm. And I got there early and uh, I found the tour manager and I said, can I interview somebody from the band? He said, sure, no problem. It was the second date of the tour. I said, what about Robert? And he said, yeah, hang out by the soundboard. So me and Matt McMahon, who we worked with at YSP, are hanging out there and they start sound check and Robert's not on the stage. It's just the band. And then he wanders out and is behind the soundboard and Bill Kerbishley's there. And we're all kind of bullshitting while they're doing sound check. And I do this interview on mini disc right after. And as I'm turning the mini disc off, the tour manager comes up and just accosts me and kicks the, tries to kick the shit out of me thinking like I harassed Robert to do the interview. Like I he's just did Peter Grant. Yeah. It was this little <laughs> English guy. He's kicking me, he cut my leg and, Michael Lesnar comes flying over and breaks it up. He kicks us out. Y100 MMR. So I got in the parking lot and I called Tim Sabian. I'm like, Tim, I got kicked out of the show. He's like, what do you mean? I told him the whole story. And he's like, you got an interview with Robert? That's fucking great. Get back to the station. Cut it up and get it on the air. <laughs> so I get the interview on the air. And all the pictures that Mac McMahon took, we were like on film cameras still back then. Right. Well, the next two days later, they hired Opie and Anthony. You walked into the studio from a meeting downstairs, and I'm sitting in the studio. You walked in, grabbed one of your headshots, signed it, asked Nipsey for a piece of tape, and hung it up on the in memoriam board of everybody that got fired. And you said, I no longer walk here, and walked out. <laughs> and then they that took that camera to New York and took pictures of Opie and Anthony holding the cheesesteak and double exposed all my Robert Plant pictures. Oh, oh God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, have, I have been luckily fired twice right i mean yeah 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 i tell people all the time you know you you, you can't say you work in radio until you really get fucked right. <laughs> so, right where where you're getting fired for the dumbest reason on the planet right so uh when i left mmr i was in the middle of contract negotiations and they were trying to seriously cut my salary and uh, I decided, you know what, my, you know, my, my first wife had died. I, uh, I had, you know, I, I, I made good money. Uh, I had a guy who invested it wisely. Right? I could have retired then. Right? I couldn't get married again. I couldn't have any kids. Right? But as long as I lived in the house that I was living in, and you know, only you know, got a new car only every three years or something like that, I could probably maintain for uh, the rest of my life. So uh, I come into the station, and Chuck Fee was the general manager at that time. And I come in, and my plan is to tell him that I'm leaving, that I'm going to quit. 
and they decide that they're going to try to startle me, right? Because if they say if they pull the deal off the table, I'll go, no, 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 wait, wait, hold on. No, 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 you can't do that. What do you want to do? And accept whatever their deal was. And Chuck goes, John, we're going we're gonna to pull the deal off the table. And I hear this voice in the back of my head because the Sicilian is, wants to answer. Right? And I hear this voice in the back of my head that just goes, shut up, shut up. Right? Because I knew what my deal was if they let me go. Right? You know, so uh, I was not working for a, a year. And my severance uh, and, and the bonuses I was owed would have kept me alive for the next at least two years. Hmm. Right When I went to work for YSP, toward the end of that, uh, they were uh, I was working without a contract. And, then, and in behind the scenes, all the Opie and Anthony stuff was going on and all that stuff. But I was working without a contract. And one day they said to me, that you know they were going to let me go that day that you're talking about. Yeah. What they needed to do was let me go the day before. Because once we crossed into that next day, I was in the third month of the rating period. All right. So they had to bonus you out. And they had to bonus me out because yep. you know, so and I came in first place. <laughs> <laughs> so Ken Stevens was freaking the hell out over the amount of money they had to pay me to leave. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So and that was like that was another year off. And then next thing I know, I'm at uh, MGK. Do you realize I've been at MGK longer than I've been at any radio station in my career? How really? many years? Yeah, like 20 years. It'll be 20 oh, years in June. Wow. And and I still feel like the new guy. Hmm. It's weird. I, I I mean it's it, it's because you it's are <laughs> there <laughs> when Debbie left at least. Yeah. Well, 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 uh, well. Andre started before me. Ray Coop started before me. Right. Uh, Tony Harris was already there. Um, hmm. You know. So I was I was when when they switched from uh, you know rock you know rock hits to classic rock. Um, everybody was hired before I was. I was the last person to be hired. Wow. So that's crazy. Wow. Let me ask you this because, uh, you know, it's so funny because you've been doing this for so long and you got to work with so many great people over the years. And I remember working with you. It was, it was because I grew up listening to you, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, and my mom was always like, you're working with John DeBella. Like, you know, it, it was, it was cool. I was like, yeah, this is really cool. You know, and he's actually like a good guy. He's not a jerk off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you always wonder like, these guys got to be jerk offs, right? But no. Oh, there are um, more than enough people who will tell you I'm a jerk off. <laughs> yeah. But I was never one of them. <laughs> um, but, you know, through the years and the YSP years, you know, doing that whole thing there and you're doing the midday show and you had Nipsey and Andrew Swank writing for you and, and Huggy before that, Lawrence Bergman. Right. You had a great staff there. Oh, we had fun. We have a, we Nipsey a was great. Yeah. Nipsey was so terrific. He's yeah. so Nipsey is, uh, Nipsey is the king of Harrisburg. <laughs> he is uh, he's working he's working at a rock station in Harrisburg. He has been there for twenty years God, now. Yeah, easily twenty years now. Yeah, I moved him in, yeah. in his apartment down there when he took the night gig. Really? Yeah, really? I drove down with him. Uh, yes, uh, uh, you know, Nipsey, the people's DJ. That's what he. Well, did I ever tell you how he got that? There was a guy that I worked with in State College that was the people's reporter. I told him the whole story, and that's how he got that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he turned okay. that into the people's radio show. Uh, right, right. Uh, he, um, uh, Huggy, Huggy came to work for me. Uh, Huggy, Huggy was <laughs> Huggy's mom used to be the travel agent for WMMR. Right. She did all, all of the corporate travel for the managers and, you know, and anything we needed to do. Right. And she was always telling us that you got to hire my son. you got to hire my son. And it's like your kids in college. This is real radio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not hiring your son. You know, what is going to work here for the summer? No, that's not happening. But eventually I, I, I don't even know how I originally met Huggy. I can't remember how that happened. Right. But he was a really funny guy. And, you know, and then, you know, and then there was Matt and Huggy, 
right? You know, it's like Matt and I Matt, I don't know what Matt's doing. I'm dying to know what the hell Matt Painting is up or something. To. Construction. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because Matt is uh, Matt is the most unfazed person yeah. I have ever been around. Nothing, nothing ever bothered that guy. Yeah, he's great. He just rolled with everything. Yeah. I just a lot of fun those years. They were yeah. I had a blast and oh they were. They I were. can't believe you've been at MGK for 20 years. Oh, Holy shit. shit. You can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 20 more. Uh this was awesome, man. I I I love talking to you. You know that I loved working with you. And you know, Harry and I have always been big fans of yours. Oh man. It's just it was one of the honors of my career doing those uh, picks on your show, yeah. man. That was I got to tell you, Harry, I, I, gotta tell you, I, I loved having you come in and do that. It oh, was, it was so awesome. much fun. Have you, heard, have you heard Dave doing them? Yes, I have. Right, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he, really, he really puts work into it. I know, I know. Dave, 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 we believe Dave has developed a gambling problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he I resembles mean, you know, Harry in that regard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But it's like, Dave, you know, you don't have to stay up and watch the entire Sunday night football game. No, you don't. Right? The score will be the same whether you're watching or not. But he's so busy playing those little, you know, prop bets that you can uh -huh. play during the course of the game, you know, because God forbid he didn't make five more dollars. That's great. That's phenomenal. I would much thing, rather sleep. The last thing for you, I want you to tell me the story behind this. All right. Yeah. Because this is, oh, yes. Uh, I mean, you've been doing this for so long. Right. Uh, I shortened it. I did it. I did a little Jason Martinez edit on it for you. Okay. Because did you leave? Did you leave the shit in? <laughs> I didn't even get to that verse because because I just love when you say big string thing. thing. Yeah. And, and people always ask, "What is that?" Right. Right. And it's when the violins come in. It's when the okay. strings come in. Oh. <laughs> so, How many times have you played this? Oh my god. That band, that group owes me so much money. <laughs> um, uh, and you know the wild thing is, I have interviewed and spent time with absolutely every single person in the Pythons, with the exception of Eric Idle, the guy who wrote the song, wow. the guy who wow. gets the money when this song, right, when this song gets played, right, you know. Uh, but uh, when I got to, I always had a closing song of some kind, no matter what radio station I worked at. Mm -hmm. For the, for, for uh, there used to be a band. Do you remember Michael Kamen? Yeah, well, the, 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 the conductor, orchestra. Right, 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 Metallica. Exactly. Right, right, right. He worked with tons of people. Died really young, right? Michael Kamen uh, was a Juilliard student, and him and a bunch of other Juilliard students uh, recorded an album called the uh, New York Rock and Roll Ensemble. Right? And out of that, on that album, there was a song called "Pick Up in the Morning," right? And I was using that at first as a closing song, mm -hmm. and then I switched to uh, the Rolling Stones and. Um, Something happened to me yesterday, right? Which, which is just a very, very silly Rolling Stones song. There might have been something else, but then uh, Life of Brian came out, and and when I saw it and I saw the song, I said, you know what? This is this is a good one. And I started using it, and I would change the song every day during the course of the week. And then I realized, no, it's just this one, right? And you know, and for every person who loves that at the end of the show, there's one who hates it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. There yeah. always is. There's always. An I asshole. wish you'd stop playing that yeah. friggin' song right. every goddamn day. And I said, you know what? Um, there are five buttons on the radio. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> it's only three minutes long. Come back in three minutes. Last I checked, it's still my show. Right? <laughs> yeah. right. The log says John DeBella. That's right. Yes, of the old music log. <laughs> the, the, the joke, the joke that everyone who has ever worked for me hates the most was every once in a while someone will go, "Well, why can't we do it this way?" And I will pick up the log and go, 
See what it says here? The John DeBella show? <laughs> John DeBella doesn't want to do that. <laughs> so John DeBella's not going to do that. Pretty simple. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I love that your closing line to every broadcast, and we'll wrap up our interview with it. And you got Have a great deliver. day, Philadelphia. Have a great day, Philadelphia. Don't take any shit from anybody. Yeah. That's the streaming version. <laughs> right, That's the right, streaming right. version. Right. <laughs> Although I said that when I signed off of MMR. Oh, you did? Mm. Yeah. I said it that way. You know? Mm. And Pierre's Pierre, like, <laughs> so. what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That's great. Um, this was awesome. Uh, we appreciate it so much. Uh, stay well. Have a great holiday. Thank you. you. The wife and Casey and everybody. Uh, we really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. I was going to you guys have fun. Uh, and, and how often are you going to do this? Uh, Weekly, probably daily? one more once episode. A week. One more episode. And then, you know, we're planning on once a week, but it's probably over next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you picked one hell of a time to do this. Two, three weeks before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Everybody's busy as hell. <laughs> right and right. you guys decide hey let's start doing a video podcast <laughs> right. well it's december 7th too we had to get you on because this is the development oh, of all day right right it is yeah, true it is the yeah. date which will live in infamy <laughs> yes well i had some good times at some developer balls i'll tell you that we all had <laughs> we, <laughs> I remember when we were, jack we white were was regaling there. them this morning <laughs> right. remember yeah. jack white from great white was there two days out of rehab and yeah. headed right back to rehab after developing the ball. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I will tell you that. That was a night. Uh, oh, um, God. Oh, John, my Lord. thanks so much. Have a great day. Guys, Thank thanks you. for asking. Thanks for yeah, asking. All right. Thanks so I'm much. Gonna go back in, I'm going to go back in my basement and work with wood. Going back on the <laughs> lather. Because that's the only way I get to say that line. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only wood that's in my life anymore. Yeah. <laughs> No more morning it's, it's available, right? <laughs> no right. one wants to use it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Appreciate it. Take care. There he is, John Devella. Thanks him so much for joining us here. What on, a beauty. Uh, uh just awesome. I love yeah. talking to him. He was so much fun to work with. And uh uh I gotta send him a nice note for doing this. He yeah. was so much fun. And we uh, didn't even we... have to get time uh, to get to the Pete Townsend stuff. Oh, I know, you know. Uh, he's, he's awesome. And yeah, uh, it was so much fun to talk to him. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, Harry, let's talk about our sponsor real quick. That would be parks casino and the park Sportsbook app. Did you see any plays today when you were doing the show that you like? Actually, I'm looking at the Thursday night game, uh, Minnesota and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people might think that their season is over having lost to the Detroit lions last week on that walk off. For Detroit's first win of the season, but this this game is a must-have. I'm not buying into Pittsburgh after beating uh, the Ravens. I like the Vikings laying the three on Thursday Ooh. night. Do you, is there anything you like with the Eagles game this weekend? Well, they don't play this weekend. Oh, they're that's right. They're in the bye so I love the Eagles this weekend. Actually, yeah, so that's... they are not losing this weekend. <laughs> that is but perfect. Guess what? I'm going to fade the Flyers whenever they play again. They play tomorrow night against the New Jersey Devils on okay. the road. Then there they go, go to Vegas Friday and Arizona on Saturday. Oh boy, <laughs> is there are there two points in their future? I Lord, I hope so. They've <laughs> lost nine straight. It is tough right oh, now. Oh, brutal. Yeah, it's yeah. brutal. It's an interesting NHL card tonight. Mm-hmm. I actually like tonight. I, I I like Toronto, but they're a huge favorite. Yeah, so there's not much juice there to kind of get anything out of it. I like Anaheim on the road at minus one twenty nine. Mm-hmm. And who I do they like, have? Where are they? Anaheim's in Buffalo. Okay. And I like Carolina or Winnipeg rather hosting the Jets or Carolina visiting the Jets in Winnipeg in the Peg. <laughs> and you like the Peg? I like the Peg minus one twelve okay. tonight. Uh, so check that out on this great sports app, uh, the sportsbook app from Parks. And we love that uh, they're a part of this podcast and we appreciate them so much. And you can sign up at, at parkscasino.com slash PA or just download the app, open an account, free $500 risk-free bet to start right out of the gate, which is a great opportunity to get your feet wet, do the live in-game betting, play-by-play betting. You can bet the spread. Same game parlays. parlays now too. Yeah. Y- yeah. I like yeah. that a lot. Yep. That's another, I, I like going first to score. Mm. 
Yeah, little you prop know, bets. Yeah. Yeah. Like the El Cap last night mm-hmm. was plus fifteen hunch to be first to score. Wow. And he got the he got the opening goal cup not even two minutes into the game on a one time clapper hire from the clapper. High slot. There you go. <laughs> uh, nice pretty, apple by Frost. Pretty soon you might be able to bet on one what kind of shot it was. You could bet it might be a clapper at some point. You yeah, know? you go clapper or, or one snapper. Right. <laughs> uh make sure you follow parks on their, all their social media channels as well at park sportsbook uh on instagram twitter facebook youtube it's all there and uh uh make great content there as well they do stuff with rich gannon all kinds of great stuff so make sure you check that out and again download the sportsbook app from parks it's uh truly easy to use and everybody will enjoy it uh, quite a bit and we thank parks for partnering with us on this and and also the stick to hockey live podcast we'll have to get you on that oh absolutely it makes it makes watching sports more fun it does it just does it's it's i imagine it's like putting daily fantasy out of business right Mm -hmm. well i don't know about that i mean i I still think that's going to be around but this is just going to expand uh, really, your your attachment to to the sports that you love to watch anyway. Yeah, it just yeah. puts more skin in the game for a game that w- you know might be meaningless to you in a lot of ways emotionally. Mm-hmm. It adds a little emotion into a game. You're vested, yeah. yeah. You're invested, invested, yeah. exactly. And hopefully, you cash, which is great as well. Um, do we have anything else to to go through in this episode? Uh, I'm not sure unless uh, there's any video we want to use. Oh, did you want to look at that video that uh, that Jimmy Apodi shot? I thought this might be a good way to go out. All right, let's here, let me put it up. Um, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's oh, it's, such, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it really is. What happened here? As, you can't make this up. Yeah, and we're oh. showing it now. And there's a couple. <laughs> I mean, the dog just drops a. Deuce right out right. of the logo. Right on the logo. I, I, I mean, mean, of all play. I mean, that was a healthy deuce, too. Yeah, I mean, this is this is worse than than T.O. going out there when George Teague tackled him in Dallas. Remember that? <laughs> yes. I mean, this is unbelievable. It happens on the day that, you know, Elaine Vino gets canned. <laughs> and But I can assure you that had uh, Mr. Snyder still been alive, Oh my! That would have been Jamie Apodi's last shift at six. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> You're showing a dog crapping on my logo on my center logo. ice. You couldn't even say the ice didn't. The ice was tired when when he was still around. Oh no! You don't say that stuff publicly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oof! Wow! Incredible Oof. stuff. I was talking to Jonesy last night at dinner before the game. Keith Jonesy mm. goes, "Yeah, oh, he gritty went out that." Yeah, he goes, "Gritty went out there and raised them one." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's right oh. down his alley. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to get Jonesy on. Yeah, we do. We do. By the, oh, by the way, uh, before we did this today, I, I did two appearances today in two separate places. I did the uh, podcast with Mike Kern and, and Kevin Cooney. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love those guys. So, is that on the beat? On the beat, yeah. On the beat, yeah. And, and Colonel's hanging out in that lazy boy chair. Mm-hmm. Doing it like you're he sh- like the camera's like shooting up his nose the whole time. <laughs> right. <laughs> A crap signal, not in panoramic mode. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. Everybody wants uh, Colonel on my show as a guest. I'm like, his Wi-Fi stinks. Yeah, it was good today. Oh, it was? Yeah. So I told oh, him he texted upgrade. me after. And, you know, thank me for coming on. And he said, uh, so he said to me, he goes, that great stuff. All the best to you and Harry. I said, and I obviously promoted the podcast. Mm-hmm. I said, thanks, man. We want to get you on very soon. And he said, I don't know if I can fit you. In. I don't know if I can fit you in. My schedule is full. I have oh to check God. with my lounge chair. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, what does he say about Dagger coming back? Well, I told him, I said, he needs to write a book since he's kind of retired. Yeah. There's that book by Mitch Album, Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah, he needs to write a book called Saturdays with Tagger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we got to get incredible. him on. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, this that'll be fascinating to have him on. He's such a character. But, yeah. So I, I did that hair, and really, like the whole name of this podcast, I'm sure it'll come out here. After that, I had an appearance on TSN 1290 in Edmonton. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> I was on up there that. Are you surprised that Elaine Vigneault is out? Oh, is that what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the yeah. First question. I mean, you're on speed dial for all these uh, sports shows in uh, north of the border right now. I do more TSN radio than I do Philly radio at this wow. point. 
<laughs> north wow. of the border. You and Frank Saravalli, huh? Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was great. So, oh, um, all right, let's put a wrap on this. Uh, we went far too long, but that's yeah. okay. We had a lot of fun. Uh, another brand new one coming up next week. Um, we don't know who the guest is going to be yet. I, I no do want to tell people real quick, though, Harry, because you and I were texting about it. We are going to have a musical guest coming up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Tommy Conwell, we're both big fans of Tommy and David Usikinen. Yeah. And in the pocket. And we're going to get those guys on. We're going to do some live performance of some of some music, too. Beautiful. Not you and I. No, no, no. Okay. All no, right. no, no. You and I will leave the instruments on right. the wall. To the pros. Yeah. Leave I, it I remember to the pros. Tommy played, uh, was at a YSP Christmas party one year. And there was a piano on the Mooshaloo boat. That's oh, where yeah. our party oh, was. Yeah. And everybody's kind of boozing up and. Tommy doesn't drink, but Tommy makes his way over to the piano and just starts playing anything people would yell out. Mm. I'm like, what the hell? Like people Talented, would yell, man. Barry Manilow. And he'd be like, hold on one second. And he figured I write out. the songs. Yeah. And then he's going, <laughs> I write the song. You know, the whole thing, Mandy. You right, know, anything right, right. you wanted. Wow. I'm like, this dude's insane. That's pretty cool. I didn't know he had that kind of uh, yeah. breath. Yeah, That's we got to get him to play. I'm not your man. Oh yeah, if you haven't seen that live, you That's haven't awesome. seen all of rock and roll. Yeah, he it's is phenomenal. He's such a great performer and such yeah. a great dude. Yeah, um, and John and I worked with him at YSV, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, he's an absolute beauty. He does the so. Pete Townsend kind of jumps off the amps and stuff, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a rock star. Oh, absolutely. Absolute yeah. rock star. All right, that's going to put a wrap on episode one of the Aji's podcast. Thanks to Parks and the Sportsbook app. Man, download the app. Get on there. Get that $500 risk-free bet. It's easy to use. And uh, you can check out this podcast on all the different uh, platforms, both audio and video as well. Everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you a new episode coming up next week. Any last words, Har? Uh Thanks to JDB. Don't take any crap from anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, thank you, everybody. <laughs>